Bethany Covenant Church Sermon Podcast. We are a multi-generational community in Berlin, Connecticut. Our services are held Sundays at 9.30 a.m., and you can find out more about us at www.bethanycovenant.org. When we speak of worship, most of the time think of, people think about what we're doing when we gather together on Sundays. Worship is often described as a gathering of people who believe in God. At worship, some singing happens. At worship, some preaching happens. At worship, an offering is taken. At worship, Holy Communion or the Eucharist is offered, whether it be weekly or monthly or in some cases yearly. And at worship, baptism is also celebrated. Today, some of us are gathered in person to worship, and some of us are at home and online to worship. My focus, however, will be to consider the worship that you and I do personally, personal worship. Personal worship is a choice even in gathering together. Just because I'm at a place where worship is happening doesn't mean I am worshiping. I might be thinking about something I didn't finish at work last week. Obviously, this will not be a worship experience for me. I might be going over my calendar for the upcoming week. Again, not really a worship experience for me. I might be working on keeping my child quiet, entertained, and having a challenging time focusing on my worshipful response to God. The reality is, worshiping God is always a personal choice. There are times when I choose to worship God in the presence of others. And there are times when I choose to worship God all by myself. And there are times when I don't. Once again, it is Jesus who inspires us to worship. Jesus inspires me to choose to worship, both when I am with all of you and when I am alone. I pray that this day we will allow Jesus to inspire each of us to choose to worship, to choose to worship more fully more honestly, more openly, more expressively, and more often. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus, asking you to allow him to teach and inspire us to worship. May our minds wrap around the scriptures. Better yet, may the scriptures wrap around our minds. May our hearts wrap around your Holy Spirit. Or better yet, may the Holy Spirit wrap around our hearts. May our lives become all that you envision for them to be. Speak, Lord. Your children are listening. Amen. Jesus chose to worship often. Each of the Gospels contains numerous reminders of his quiet time with his Father at both the beginning and the ending of the day. But there is one text that summarizes all of these examples, and this is the foundation on which this message is built. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Let us examine these eight words together. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus. Jesus is always a good place to begin. Every translation of this text identifies Jesus as the one who would withdraw and pray. 
Jesus, the baby in Bethlehem, the rabbi from Nazareth, the stiller of storms, the feeder of thousands, the one who was crucified and died and three days later rose from the dead. That Jesus. This behavior belongs to Jesus, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. Jesus did this because he had a need to do this. He was often troubled about things. He was troubled about the pressing crowds who wanted healing. They had more passion and interest in fixing temporary life than in securing eternal life. He was troubled about the news that John the Baptist had been beheaded. He regularly sought instruction from his father for clarification and for collaboration. Prior to choosing the 12 apostles, he got alone and prayed. Prior to going to the cross, he distanced himself from his disciples so that he could pray. And Jesus did this as an example for his followers. He called his followers to pray. And because of his own example of praying, they asked him to teach them. He always set examples. These things you shall do, he would often say. And thirdly, Jesus did this because it was essential to his life. Without prayer, Jesus would have acted on his own. He made it clear that he only did what his father wanted. And he wants us to want what our father wants because we have the same father. Without quiet time, Jesus would have been distracted 24-7, 365. Nearly every recorded action of Jesus' ministry was an interruption to which he brought a healing or a raising from death or a comforting word or a blessing or forgiveness or a fresh call to love and obey God. Often, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. He regularly would do this. This was a pattern of Jesus that happened often. No formula is given. doesn't say daily, weekly, monthly, hourly, anything like that. It just says often. We will need to draw our own conclusions as to the meaning of often. Withdrew. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. When you withdraw, there are two motions. There's the motion away and the motion toward. Jesus withdrew to get away, to get away from the normal places, to get away from people, to get away from the routine. And Jesus withdrew to get toward, to get toward his Father, to lonely places. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed, lonely places where there were minimal distractions. Do not disturb places. Lonely places where he could say anything and in any way. Lonely places where he could think, reflect, ponder, focus on his father. I have a few of those places. One is the seashore of Maine. I find a rock outcropping and I spend most of a day thinking. That's happened many years. Or out in a boat fishing on Lake Winnipesaukee in New Hampshire. While I'm sort of watching the line, it's a time to reflect, to think, to ponder, and to be undistracted. And prayed. 
Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed, getting away to reduce the ambient noises, getting away reduced the interruptions. Jesus got away so he could pray, so he could have a conversation with his father where he spoke, but also where he listened. These eight words of Luke 5.16 are an example for us of genuine and personal worship. Worship that gives God the priority he deserves. Worship that gets me to the right place so my body is undistracted. Worship that gets me to the right place so that my mind is undistracted. Worship that gets me to the right place so my heart, my emotions are undistracted. Worship that is focused fully on God. This is the kind of worship that Jesus was talking about when he said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. This is the kind of worship Jesus was talking about when he said to the Samaritan woman at the well, God's worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. As I meditated on these texts, reading them again and again and praying for guidance from God as to their meaning, the Spirit of the Lord led me to these thoughts. First, our worship is an expression of our devotion. For our purposes, worship and devotion are really synonymous, or at least they belong together. They're like salt and pepper, or bread and butter, or heads and tails. Each of these couplets of things are unique, but they belong with each other. And devotion reveals the heart. Beyond emotion, devotion is what is present at the core of one's being. Every human being is devoted to something or to someone. Worship is the outward expression of the devotion. It is the outward expression of delight or awe or reverence or love or words or behaviors. Our worship reveals what we really believe. Our worship reveals who we rely upon, really. Our re worship reveals who our God truly is. A second thing, adversity is a source of our worship. I refer to it as the back door. In Matthew 14, Jesus has heard what had happened and he withdraws to a solitary place. But what had happened? Jesus had just received news that John the Baptist had been beheaded by King Herod. Jesus loved John. And this was terrible news to receive, as it is for all of us when we hear of a loved one who has died, especially an unexpected death. Adversity leads us to cry out for God's help, for healing, for reconciliation, for the salvation of a loved one, for the awareness of God's presence. The Apostle Paul instructs us to bring in our worship, our prayers, all things that concern us or trouble us. Adversity is a source of our worship. The question is, when we are troubled, where do we run? When we are in pain, where do we run? When life is a disaster, where do we run? Adversity reveals who we really rely upon, who we really worship. 
Thirdly, blessings are a source of our worship. I refer to them as the front door. In Hebrews 12, we read, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. Expressing gratitude to God for answered prayer. Because healing does happen. Because relationships are reconciled. Because the salvation of a loved one becomes a reality. Because we have a renewed sense of God's presence. Jesus had healed 10 people of leprosy. Leprosy, not just a skin disease, but also a source of isolation, of quarantine from the family and the community. Only one of the 10 who was healed came back to thank and honor and worship Jesus for what he did. Where do we run when we are blessed? To whom do we run? Who gets the credit when blessings come? What we say and what we do after being blessed reveals who we worship. And fourth, a heart transplant is the deepest source of our worship. It was winter this time of year. And in Jerusalem, the people had gathered to celebrate Hanukkah. Jesus was walking in the outer courts of the temple and people gathered around him and were asking questions. The most specific question was stated this way. How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus basically told the people he had already told them the answer to this question. He also said that the miracles that he was doing in his father's name spoke for themselves. Jesus concluded his answer to the question with these six words. I and the father are one. What Jesus reveals is that his way of thinking, his way of feeling, his way of behaving, everything about him was in sync with God the Father, that there is no difference between he and God. They are one. Jesus' heart was entwined with his Father's heart. In fact, they had the same heart. Some months later, when alone with his disciples, and just prior to his arrest and crucifixion, Jesus is praying, and this is what his disciples hear. Holy Father, protect these disciples of mine by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. And then a few moments later, as Jesus continued to pray, his disciples hear this. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me. And as Jesus concluded the prayer, the disciples heard this. I have made you known to them. I will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. My friends, we will continue to have adversity. And if God is at our core, we will run to him for help. We will also continue to be blessed. And if God is at our core, we will run to thank him. We will continue to have ordinary days, even these different sort of days that have become ordinary and the ones we may long for. And if we have given God permission to do a heart transplant in us, then we will desire to be with him. After all, 
If we have received Jesus, we have received his heart. When God announced that his son was coming, he said that his name would be Emmanuel, God with us. It was in God's heart to be with us. He always wanted people to be with him, to belong to him. He has always wanted to be the people's God. After all, he made us. And he always wanted us to want to be with him. Jesus is God with us. When we really know this, it is the beginning of worship. And as worship grows in our lives, Jesus inspires us to be with him and our Father even more. He gives us the choice to worship, to be with him. God has chosen to be with us. May we choose to be with God. Amen. Pray with me. Thank you, Jesus, for choosing to be with us. Help us to choose to be with you. In your name, amen.